Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she's so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside? She still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg. I fully understand that this is a momentous decision for a president. And if the Senate does me the honor of confirming me, I pledge to discharge the responsibilities of this job to the very best of my ability. I love the United States, and I love the United States Constitution. From the highways of America, here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that, from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe, and if you want to connect with us on Facebook and Snapchat, it's at TrendChat247, and on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Brian L. Bledsoe. So I wanted to play a, a clip from the Supreme Court nominee now, Amy Coney Barrett, from Saturday. From uh, It was a press conference at the White House, and wanted to play that. In particular, I'll, I'll play something else in a minute, but because those words <laughs> saying that you know I love the United States and the U.S. Constitution, that's something <laughs> right now that is for some across the, you know America, especially people that are participating in all these protests and riots, or you know that's something that they wouldn't even say. And it's unfortunate that that is a popular thought really going on, especially that is being um, how it's being portrayed in the media. But but yeah, so now we have a nominee and I know from the past week or so and everything that's been going on since Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, passing last Friday which wow it, I mean 
it's been over a week already. It just, it just kind of, and I was just thinking back on it, like it just happened a couple of days ago. Then I thought about, oh, that was last week. I'm like, wow. So I mean, I guess because so much has happened since then, but um, but yeah. So now we have the, I guess we're gonna have confirmation hearings and all of that, all of that, and going on, and obviously with um, the timing of um, of all this with the nomination the the notion of 2016 kind of comes up as far as what happened during an election year in 2016 you had um, President Obama nominate Merrick Garland and Senate but the Senate did not hold any hearings and you know eventually he was not um he was just nominated, but never never confirmed. They, uh, they didn't even have any confirmation hearings. Hearings, and I know from this a lot of, but well, I said for one, there are a lot of people on both sides that are kind of going to. They're saying pretty much the opposite of what they were saying back in 2016. Not everyone. Some people, if you go back and actually listen to what they said in 2016, you here that they actually are not saying the exact opposite this time and that's on both sides actually but um i guess we'll just start i guess as far as 2016 go let's just start at the top let's um let's see what uh what uh what the president at that time which would have been president obama what he said back in you know 2016 about what is supposed to happen now when there is a vacancy on the supreme court the president of the united states is to nominate someone. The Senate is to consider that nomination and either they disapprove of that nominee or that nominee is elevated to the Supreme Court. Historically, this has not been viewed as a question. Uh, there's no unwritten law that says that it can only be done on off years. That's not in the constitutional text. I'm amused when I hear people who claim to be strict interpreters of the Constitution suddenly reading into it a whole series of provisions that are not there. Okay, let me um, cut you off right there, um, um, 2016 Obama, because um, even back then, that wasn't a constitutional argument they were making. It was, if anything, it was a political argument. It wasn't something they were saying that this, you know, what what is going on in 2016 was in the Constitution. No, that's not the case. And, I mean, actually, what he was saying as far as reading into the Constitution, things that, that aren't there, that's something that he do. That's something that Democrats do. So, so for one, it wasn't a constitutional argument that they were making. But, I'll, you know, as far as me exp explaining... This I'll, I'll play a clip from Senator Cruz. Uh, if you look at history, if you actually look at what the precedent is, this has happened 29 times. 29 times there has been a vacancy in a presidential election year. Now, presidents have made nominations all 29 times. That's what presidents do. If there's a vacancy, they make a nomination. What has the Senate done? And there's a big difference in the Senate with whether the Senate is of the same party of the president or a different party of the president. When the Senate has been of the same party of the president, a vacancy occurs in an election year, 
Of the 29 times, those are 19 of them. Of those 19, the Senate has confirmed those nominees 17 times. So if the parties are the same, the Senate confirms the nominee. When the parties are different, that's happened 10 times. Merrick Garland was one of them. Of those 10, the Senate has confirmed the nominees only twice. And, and there's a reason for that. It's not just simply your party, my party. The reason is it's, it's a question of checks and balances. In order for a Supreme Court nomination to go forward, you have to have the president and the Senate. In this instance, the American people voted. They elected Donald Trump. A big part of the reason they elected Donald Trump is because of the Scalia vacancy and they wanted principled constitutionalists on the court. And a big part of the reason why we have a Republican majority elected in 2014, re-elected in 2016, grown even larger in 2018, a major issue in each of those elections is the American people voted and said, we want constitutionalist judges. And so the president was elected to do this and the Senate was elected to confirm th this nomination. And, and there you go. And so even so going back to 2016, uh, you know, regardless of the rhetoric that's going on, whether we're talking about 2016 or now, as what Senator Cruz just mentioned there, we already we have at that time we had a divided government, as they say. And so there was a conflict between the president, who was a Democrat, and then the body that confirms the Supreme Court nominee being the Senate. And they were at that time was controlled by Republicans. And so I would for looking back at 2016, <laughs> I'm I'm glad of what they did in 2016 because they used their majority to stop a another leftist, you know, nomination coming from Obama, and they did what they should have done for their constituents as as Republicans, and that I fully expect the Democrats to do the same right now in 2020. And I have no problem with them because that's what their constituents are going to want. So now they don't have the majority. So that's going to be a, a problem. Now, you've heard from um, Nancy Pelosi as far as in the House and they wanted to consider impeachment for this. I don't know where they're going to come up with any charges or anything that would <laughs> um, justify impeachment for doing his constitutional duty. You know, for the, for President Trump, but don't you know? Don't underestimate how far low they can reach for for to find anything uh, to try to stop this. And we're just in the in the midst of this. It's just the beginning, really, because uh, the um, the nominee was just announced, and I can just I can expect a couple of things. After looking at uh, Miss Barrett's, you know, Justice Barrett's, her um, um, Judge Barrett, I guess, <laughs> her, um, I guess, resume and stuff like that. I mean, from what I see right now, I think two things are probably going to be the, the main issue of, I guess, that focus of attack Democrats is, is going to be her faith and also 
say that she's not a real woman. Actually, it's, you know, kind of like being a black conservative. You know, you're not a real, you're not a real black man because you you're conservative. So I think they're just gonna they're gonna focus on those two unless they you know find something. And uh, trust me, right as a right now, nothing has came out. But I'm I bet you right now they are trying to find something, maybe a parking ticket, a spin, or any little thing that she has done, and they're going to um going to post about it. And the media is probably going to run, going to run without all of it. It could be something very minor. And they're going to like, um, you know, she, like I said, got a speeding ticket or something. I don't know. Just something. <laughs> and there's going to be something just regardless of how, you know, true it is or whatever. But um, they're going to try something. Now, as far as the makeup in the Senate and if there's a chance, I know as of right now, uh, on the Republican side, all you have is Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, who have came, uh, came out and saying that they're not going to support, uh, not going to vote for um, Judge Barrett to be not uh, to be confirmed. Uh, I saw in I guess an Instagram video of Sarah Palin, <laughs> uh, I guess kind of making, <laughs> uh, I guess a thread in a way. I don't know where she was telling Lisa Murkowski that essentially she may run against her in 2022 for not supporting the president and for this um in uh, this confirmation and everything so i don't know murkowski sound like she kind of walked back her position a little bit i don't know and also what was surprising to me um mitt romney said that he was in support of confirming judge beard i i I just knew he was going to be against it. And time, you know, time has not run out <laughs> as far as him changing his mind. So, and everyone else, I think will all be for, because before hearing about Romney, I was thinking it's going to be probably 50, 50, because you would have, because you all would have 50, you know, 53 Republicans. And then, so with the three being Collins, Mikowski and Romney voting against, so then it'd be 50 50 and then vice president pence would have to come in to be the tiebreaker that's why i was thinking it's going it could very well still go that way but like i said i i don't know i don't know about romney he, he may be saying that now but he could very well just uh change his mind kind of like john mccain when it came to obamacare and speaking of that i'll um talk about Cindy McCain endorsing Biden later on. So, but one thing I don't think I even mentioned, and here we are 13 minutes into the episode. So we're going to have an interview with Heritage Action Grassroots Director Janae Strachey to talk about uh, police pledge and just the Fight for America initiative that Heritage Action is um, doing right now. And we're going to talk about that. And also just, you know, in general, about uh, a similar program which I am a part of as well and we'll talk about that as well just wanted to throw that in kind of got into talking about the whole Supreme Court thing and forgot to even really introduce everything because I guess I could say I'm broadcasting in Texas uh, outside of Amarillo and and so yeah I guess I, <laughs> I guess to throw some of that in there um, now one thing I wanted to bring up as far as because I, I mean, this whole ordeal that's going on with the Supreme Court 
is because Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away last week. And I know for myself, I definitely am not going to be one of the people who are going to, you know, wax poetic, I guess, (laughs) as far as about her time as a Supreme Court justice and all that, because I will literally, you know, it'd be lying to myself to try to hail that as something great in a sense. I mean, being a Supreme Court justice is uh, a great achievement in itself, but what she did in that seat, that is another issue. And, you know, as someone that is pro-life, you know, I believe, you know, life is sacred, you know, you know, and also being a Christian, you know, your, um, your time is up when, you know, when it's, when you die in regards to, you know, where you spend it eternity. So, I mean, as a human being, I give sincere condolences in that sense. And that's where I stop because I guess I will bring it up like this for something I didn't really talk about much when uh, John Lewis passed, but I'm going to put those two together in saying this. So whether we're talking about John Lewis and what he did for civil rights and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as far as what she did for women's rights, those are things. Okay. We can say, okay, those are some, those are things to be, applauded that being said in both cases i will say for all the good they've done in public service for both of those causes it is grossly outweighed by the bad i mean even if their intentions were good all of what john lewis did for civil rights and group eight against birth for women's rights that's all good and everything but all the stuff that all the legislation that John Lewis was, you know, passed that just trampled on everyone's uh, freedom and, and, and their rights as being a Democrat in in the House of Representatives. And as far as Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all the, the votes that she, you know, that she voted for or against in her time as a Supreme Court justice. They are grossly outweighed. All the all the horrible stuff that they um, voted for or against in their positions in public service. So, but so that's how I see anyone that is in in anyone that's in a position that is whether a senator or representative or Supreme Court justice or president. Um, what they vote you know vote for what they advocate for and what they're against affects people and i mean especially in the sense of in both of their cases if we're talking about abortion it affected millions of babies directly where they were killed because of their advocacy for abortion so now one thing that was going on around um a couple of days ago well right after she died is uh, talking about um her dying wish where someone from the family informed the media saying that her dying wish was to um to be uh, replaced by a new president now i remember posting on 
social media <laughs> that uh you know she had a chance because so she died at 87 and she had eight years to be replaced during Obama years you know during the Obama administration she had plenty of time and that for to you know to retire and have Obama pick another younger um, liberal another younger leftist to continue on her legacy and fortunately in 2016 Hillary Clinton lost which denied both of them the satisfaction of because I I don't know I'm just imagining that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg probably like a lot of us you know was looking at the polls and thinking okay Hillary's going to win this and have the first female president pick her successor. That's I'm guessing that's maybe what she was thinking. Well, I, okay, you know, I could just wait until Hillary comes in and then I retire and whatever like that. Uh, luckily, none of that happened. <laughs> we didn't have a Hillary administration, so thank God for that. But um, now in saying waiting for a new president to um, name her successor, um, I mean, hopefully we're talking about 2025 where we have a new president. <laughs> so pretty sure she ain't meaning that. So that, in a sense, you can say that was, I guess you can say that was an endorsement. Uh, uh, what you call like a bit, a deathbed endorsement of Joe Biden. Hey guys, this is Morgan Zegers, the founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. We are a nonprofit organization working to preserve a free, fair, and prosperous America for generations to come, all by equipping our generation with the truth about socialism. If you are interested in watching our educational videos, donating to the cause, joining the Ask Coalition, or becoming a contributor, you can do all of these things at fightsocialism.org. We hope you'll join us in this crucial fight for the future of our great country. Thanks! Hey everybody, it is Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. You are listening to Trend Chat with my man, Brian Bledsoe. Come on with it. want to keep america great but you don't know where to go to get some trump centric gear check out trumpmode.com and if you put in the code trendchat you get 10 percent off so at trumpmode.com they have flags coins mugs of course so go to trumpmode.com put in the code trendchat get 10 percent off again trumpmode.com with the code trendchat for 10 percent off all right so um <laughs> now one thing i have at least have um been hearing personally is when I bring up about everything that happened in 2016 in regards to the Supreme Court and all of that and it seems like what I'm hearing on social media at least on my accounts in the sense uh, is that oh well you can't just can't admit they're being hypocritical I'm like yeah I can admit that a good number of people are going to be are going to be as they say you know eating their words because they 
for one, I'm pretty sure no one thought this would happen again, or at least not anytime soon. And so it happened so quickly within the span of four years. So the people, you know, back then in 2016, was, wasn't really thinking how this going to play off if this situation happens again. And so as far as how they chose their words, some did. Like, uh, I know people were getting on Mitch McConnell. But then when you hear what Mitch McConnell actually said back in 2016, it wasn't that um, contradictory to what he he's um, saying now. And and so but what one thing I thought about in hearing all of this is that I don't think people really understand my perspective, understand my motivation and what as far as my I guess involvement in politics and work and what I am looking to achieve or want to see happen. And I think I should make it clear if I haven't before, I'm pretty sure I probably even, I guess I probably talked about this in pieces, but I think I'm going to try to put it all together right now, right quick, before we get to our interview with uh, Janae Strachey of Heritage Action. So let me just say, first off, I know it is ideal or at least that it's the popular thought that people normally vote for something as opposed to voting against something. Like people are more motivated to vote for a person or vote for um, an an initiative or whatever like that. More willing to, to vote for than against. <clears throat> I am not those you know type of people. <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, I'm normally voting against. In general, mostly, um, my motivation is more in opposition to Democrats and their policies. So, when I'm looking at candidates for whoever, I don't care, you know, judges, senators, representative, whatever, presidents, whatever, it's normally in opposition to whoever the Democrat is. I mean, I would just say, I guess I don't want to start naming too many names, but there there have been a few times where I voted for someone and it's, it's you know I would say rarely because I could think of a couple off the top of my head so Senator Cruz I voted for him in the Senate and also you know and I mean I, I volunteered for his campaign we ran for president so and um I voted for my current U.S. representative Ron Wright and my current Texas representative Tony Tenohoe and I said that, you know, because I had representatives before who were Republican that I didn't vote for. I was more so voting against. But my current representatives right now in, in D.C. and in Texas, I'm actually voting for them. Um, and the reason behind all of this, the reason why I'm more so voting against someone as opposed to voting for someone is because uh, I don't know most of these people. <laughs> That's one reason. I mean, and another reason is honestly that a lot of Republicans are just too moderate for me to actually, I guess, endorse. I mean, I vote, you know, just because the Democrat that's running against you is it's worse. But um, but yeah, I don't know anyone like that to really say like, oh yeah, I'm voting for him because I really, you know, think that person is is going to do the job and, and and all of that now i know there may be a couple of friends who are listening that are or have run um in 
know, run for office or in office right now. And a lot of cases, I couldn't vote for them. So I would say someone like Connie Burton, when she was running for Texas Senate, I would have voted for her, but I was never in her district. <laughs> um, I was always close. I was nearby. I maybe like a, a couple of streets over, but I was never in her district. I would have voted for Connie or someone like, you know, Jonathan Stickland. I, you know, I wasn't in his district, but I, that's someone I would vote for um, when he was uh, in at the, in Texas House. But um, but yeah, like I said, but for the most part, when I look at the policies for the Democrats, it just that is the main motivation is to stop as much as I can. <laughs> Uh, by not voting for Democrat policies and, you know, these Democrats come because the policies are detrimental for this country to anyone who values their rights, you know, freedom, life, liberty and pursuit of happiness, all of that. I mean, advocating death with abortion, enabling envy and entitlement to use taxes to punish successful people and, uh, and involuntarily and, you know, to involuntarily, you know, pay their fair share to satisfy, you know, the greed of those who didn't earn it, <laughs> uh, promoting lawlessness, whether it's come, whether we're talking about illegal immigration or, or the riots that's been going on until recently, because a lot of Democrats are coming out against these riots now because mainly because it's, it's hurting their poll numbers. So it's not even because they think it's the right thing to do. It just it's not politically uh, working for them right now. So but no matter what it is, their solution is more government control, more laws, more bureaucracy. I mean, the party would just do something because, you know, our society has abandoned any sense of personal responsibility, a, a good portion of us and, and, you know, other people just want something done. And oh boy, the Democrats would love that. Love to hear that. Whenever some tragedy comes, <laughs> uh, comes around, Oh, people are just screaming. Oh, we need the government need to do something. Democrats are just right there to say, okay, let's just use this for more power, for more control, just like this whole thing with COVID right now, actually. And you know, uh, that's a good number of Republicans who are the same way. So I'm saying this, and also acknowledging there are Republicans who are like this as well. The difference is that Republicans have to hide it. You know, during campaign season, they're going around saying, yes, I'm for a limited government. I'm a, you know, staunch conservative. And then, you know, after they're elected, reelected and whatnot, then they go back and be basically Democrat lights. And before the Democrats, this, you know, that's their motto. All right, we're going to run your life, whether you like it or not. <laughs> that's that's what, how they see government. And that's how they look to um, as far as any any policy that they that they're advocating for. I mean, look, like I said, it doesn't mean that when I'm saying all of this against Democrats is that like, as I mentioned, Republicans are not perfect because like I just mentioned just a minute ago, I mean, you have a good number of Republicans who just as much want big government as much as these Democrats do. But when looking at both platforms, I guess if we just look at it from that point, I'm I much rather have one than the, than the other. And I'll just say again, this, and this is something I would kind of want to keep um, 
talking about or keep bringing up that, you know, we can always go around, especially for people who are not really into politics or people not really, um, really into all of this and that's going on and want to say like, okay, let's, let's agree to disagree or, well, that's just your opinion and all that about Republican Democrat or, or even the ones that say, oh, well, they just, they're all the same. It doesn't matter which party or whatever. And to that, I would just say you're, you're wrong. There are, <laughs> there are some differences. And, um, and, but I also would say there is a right and wrong way of what we're doing, what we're voting for at the end of the day. As I've said before, we both can be wrong, but one of us is, is doing something somewhat, I guess, more right <laughs> than the other. Because there are, there really are two different um, views of America that is, especially right now. I mean, I, there was a point where you had some moderate Democrats that maybe weren't as as far to the communist <laughs> part uh, or the socialist, um, but that is long gone. I know a lot of people tend, I think they're holding on to an idea of the Democrat party, even if, you know, you could disagree with how Democrats were in the past, but I mean, there were a semblance of moderates, but all of that is gone. Really? Especially when it comes to Democrats. I mean, there's plenty of moderate Republicans. And like I said, I don't really care for them either, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, there is, we're, we can look at, and when I say everyone loves shopping online, well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping is kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. At the end of the day, I'm talking about absolute truth. I'm talking about at the end of the day, you know, in in the eyes of God, one of us is, is doing something more right than the other. And I think that's just something... But one, we don't really have that as far as people believe in absolute truth and all of that. Um, but nevertheless, there is an absolute truth. And like I said, at the end, we're all going to figure out whether we were somewhat right, all wrong or whatever like that. And who, who knows when it, when that day will come. But 
we should all, I guess my favorite quote, uh, one of my favorite quotes that I um, think about, and I, I don't remember, I don't know who actually said it. I think it's been attributed to John Adams, but I don't know. But as uh, the duty is ours and the results of God's. This is Lacey Williams, the founder and president of Expressions Magazine, letting you know that you can order our quarterly magazine and support female conservatives by visiting express-conservatism.com or you can follow us on social media on Instagram with the username of expressions underscore conserve mag or on Twitter with the handle of at express underscore conserve. Get your copy today. Hey, this is Antonia Okafor with Empowered, and you are listening to Trend Chat with Brian. Trend Chat is proud to be a part of the hashtag Life Tribe of Cultural Life as they seek to celebrate life through the world of fashion. Go to col1972.com and get 10% off your purchase when you enter the code TRENDCHAT. Alright, so now that I got that off my chest, <laughs> and I guess able to put it all in into one segment, I guess, let's get to our interview with Janae Srocki. Like I said, we're going to talk about the initiative that heritage action is a part of right now and they have billboards all over in well at least in select cities just basically in support of our law enforcement so um oh without without any further ado here's our interview with janae hello this is trend chat and we're very pleased to have a returning guest on the show she is the grassroots director of Heritage Action for America, Janae Srocki. And we're going to talk about an initiative that is uh, going on currently with Heritage Action involving backing our police officers, our law enforcement in the midst of what's going on. So, Janae, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back on. So, um, this initiative right now that is going on, I, I've already seen the billboards in, in, well, at least in Dallas and other cities. And I mean, being a truck driver, I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to see them in other cities as well. But uh, uh, tell everyone about this, as it's called the Police Pledge. Yeah, that's right. So we have, um, you know, a, a bigger campaign going on, if you will, called Fight for America. And uh, we kicked that off at Heritage Action with our Sentinels, which you, of course, are uh, a part of. as an effort to fight against the radical extremism coming from the left, an attack on all aspects of our lives, really, and our institutions and American values that we all hold so dear. Uh, And and one, one plank of that is support for law enforcement. And we have seen over the last few months, we've been watching some of our cities across the country literally burn to the ground. And the mob came for our law enforcement. They came for police. And, um, you know, in the name of equality, which, of course, is just a guise for their, you know, to further their agenda, we we have seen the media and a lot of people across the country start villainizing police officers. And we know that that is not uh, the, the a sentiment shared by 
the majority of Americans uh, across this country. And so we have started this initiative to stand up and say we stand with our law enforcement. Uh, and we know that um, we cannot survive as a society without law enforcement. We free from mob rule and violent insurrection, which is part of our police pledge. So you mentioned uh, the police pledge. I'd love to share a little bit about that as well. To all the listeners, uh, if you have not signed our pledge yet, go to policepledge.com. We have uh, over 130,000 people across the country who have signed this. Uh, but more importantly, we have um, members of Congress, U.S. senators, governors, state and local officials that are signing on to this. And we see this pledge as a line in the sand. You either support law enforcement or you don't. You either support law and order or you support chaos and mob rule, which is it? And we believe that Americans across the country, as we lead up to the election in November, uh, we deserve to know which of our elected officials or candidates feel that way. Which which side are they going to stand on? So you can go to the Police Pledge and see who has signed on to this. Um, again, that's at policepledge.com. And I'll just read you. It's, it's very short and sweet. Um, and to the point, I should say. Um, so the closing line says, I stand with America's police and pledge to oppose any bill, resolution or movement to defund the police. And we see that as the line in the sand. It should be um, easy to sign. We've had many representatives across the country say it was a no brainer and um, it's, it's really taken off. Yeah. I, um, and uh, I guess when I went to the website, uh, I said a couple of minutes ago before we started the interview and seeing the numbers, uh, as of right now, I saw it, there were 20 senators, uh, over 150 representatives, two governors, and uh, over 200, or, or I think it was exactly 200 yes. state and local officials. That's right. Yeah, right now we are just uh, one member shy of having uh, half of the sitting Republicans in the House signed on to this. Um, and at this time, we don't have a single Democrat from Congress signed on to this pledge, uh, which just shows you how extreme and radical the Democrat Party has become. Uh, this probably is not shocking um, to most of your listeners, but there, there's just um, no middle ground in the Democratic Party anymore. And the fact that there's not a single a member of Congress who's been able to sign on to this pledge should be frightening to everyone across America. And uh, what are their excuses? I mean, I can use other, I guess, sugar-coated words, but really, what are, what are their excuse for not signing? You know, I, I'm not sure that they have a good excuse. They've just bought into um, the mob mentality and I think more than anything are just afraid. They're not willing to stand up for what is right. I think they know that we need law enforcement, but we've seen this play across your play out across the country in cities like Minneapolis and um, you know, cities that are defunding police. We've seen it happen in Los Angeles, New York City, San Francisco, and, and now even Dallas in Texas, which are um, pushing to cut slash their budgets and cut funding for the police and what we're what we're seeing in as a result of that are top law enforcement leaders resigning stepping down we're seeing violence and crime on the rise and in, in Dallas specifically 
violent crime is on the rise. And in 2020, the murder rate is set to surpass last year's um, last year's rate and aggravated assaults are up 21 percent. Um, so you see over and over again the numbers, the correlation between the two, that violence continues to increase uh, as cities cut their budgets for law enforcement. And as law enforcement continues to realize they are not supported by their elected officials, they do not, uh, the elected officials in their city don't, don't have their backs, they don't want to continue putting their lives on the line. They have, they're literally dying, uh, you know, just this last week we saw in Los Angeles two police officers shot in their vehicle, hunted down. Uh, and then as they were at the hospital being treated, protesters showed up and were chanting that they hoped they died. Uh, that's, that's the extreme that we're seeing. And uh, for Democrats to not be able to uh, see the chaos that that is causing and um, step up, stand up, and speak out in support of our law enforcement is is really discouraging. And I think it should um, speak volumes to everyone walking into this election and what kind of America do you wanna live in? Uh, and I should add uh, as well, we um, did some recent polling uh, at Heritage Action and we found that 79% of respondents in battleground states, so swing states across the country, oppose the movement to defund the police. So the media and social media would have you believe that this is something Americans across the country want, um, but it is the exact opposite, um, including uh, amongst Black Americans who um, a Gallup report actually showed many would like to see an increase of uh, police in their communities. Yeah, and I know um, I've heard it was like a clip from uh, Tyler Perry in particular where he was uh, being interviewed and he kind of basically mentioned the, <laughs> the, the same sentiment as you just said as far as, you know, they're um, not looking – Looking towards the, the uh, I guess defunding police, but we need more police. Mm -hmm. And I know one. Um, well, it's speaking of excuses from Democrats in particular. Um, are you getting any pushback from any Republicans? Um, you know, I wouldn't say that we're getting uh, much pushback. Um, some have been reluctant to sign, and uh, you know, there's a variety of reasons for that. Some of them would say. You know, they're not signing because their stance is clear and they feel like a public pledge is necessary when they need to make their um, position known through the pledge. And they might say, you know, my position on this is clear based on my previous votes uh, or whatever the case may be. So they certainly can come up with some excuses. But uh, I think that this is a big enough issue in our country right now. And, it, you know, listen, moms want to wake up in the morning knowing that their families are going to be safe or as they're putting their kids to bed at night, if you know someone tries to break into their home, that they'll be able to call 911 and someone will show up rather than them being left with a busy signal or left to fend for themselves. Uh, we, wanna, we want safety and security. And when we turn on the TV and we see you know, riots happening, businesses being burned down and people being attacked in their cars as they're literally driving down the road, being pulled out of their vehicles and, and beat senselessly. That is terrifying and a scary America to live in where that would be allowed and there is no law enforcement to show up. 
and, and protect you. So I think that this is something a lot of Americans care about, particularly mothers, parents. And um, that being said, I, I don't see any reason why an elected official uh, should not sign on to this pledge. And if you're listening, I would encourage you to contact your elected officials, local, state, federal, call them, send them an email, tweet at them, or better yet, write a letter to your editor at your local paper about this. Uh, you can get any information you need on our website at Heritage Action, go to policepledge.com, um, or you can text uh, uh, police to 51776. Um, but you should reach out to your elected officials and ask them to sign on to this pledge, because uh, if, if they can't or won't, I think that speaks volumes. And you should remember that when you go to the polls in November. And with this movement to defund the police, I know you mentioned it um, earlier as far as what's going on in Dallas and also Minneapolis. But um, do you have like. Because I'm not going to just assume everyone that's listening knows about what is going on, especially in their like city councils that, um, you know, where all this is going on. So can you give a little more details as far as, you know, just across the country in some areas where this, you know, this actual defunding of the police is going on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are a lot of city councils across the country, Minneapolis being one of them, that voted to dismantle its police department and start towards a, quote, police-free future. Uh, so, you know, you might hear or see on the news or social media where someone says, oh, defund the police doesn't really mean get rid of the police. It just means reform and we want to shift money to social workers and that is just flat out not true. Uh, there are actually, you can Google articles in the New York Times and, uh, you know, all over the place where they're, they're not hiding what they want. The left is very clear and they, um, there are headlines that literally say, no, when we mean, when we say defund the police, we mean abolish the police. And they say that because they don't believe uh, reform will happen. Um, so they want to completely dismantle uh, police departments, law enforcement across the country. And we're seeing that happen in, in cities across the country like Minneapolis. And that's just a preview for what the rest of the country is going to look like if we continue going this direction. New York City. Uh, they're set to cut a billion dollars from their uh, from their police departments. And, uh, you know, it was it was so, uh, sobering just this last week celebrating or remembering. I shouldn't say celebrating, remembering 9-11 uh, and the lives that were lost and all the first responders in New York City that literally put their lives on the line, uh, not once or twice, but multiple times, helping people out of the World Trade Centers and then turning around and going back in. Um, at 72 officers gave their lives um, sacrificially on 9-11. And so it was sobering to remember those lives while thinking, you know, look, <laughs> look what's happened in just um, just, you know, not that many years where we always say never forget. And now Mayor de Blasio is cutting funding from um, NYPD saying, nope, don't need them. You know, 
no no value or respect there at all. Um, so I, I, yeah, I would just reiterate that this is just a preview for what the rest of the country is going to look like if we continue going this direction. And I, I can say in Dallas specifically, um, you know, the council, the city council there is preparing to slash budgets um, for Dallas police overtime and the police academy. Um, and you know, the department remains understaffed. Cities like Austin uh, and Houston and San Antonio have all um, done similar things. And you know, there's actually a, another billboard leading into Austin now uh, since they've um, made these changes that says, enter at your own risk. Um, so we're, we're mm -hmm. just in interesting times. And it's it's sad to see, but I, I hope that Americans across the country and those listening today will um, see it for what it is. Uh, again, as I said, the left is not hiding their agenda and what they want, and it is as extreme as it sounds and looks. Um, it may be even worse than what it sounds and looks like. So I would urge everyone again to uh, not only sign the police pledge yourself, but reach out to your elected officials and make sure that they do as well. And then get involved locally. Um, find ways to support your police officers in their communities, ho host rallies, maybe take them some food, um, reach out to them and just ask them what they need. Um, talk to your local officials and see what they have planned. Show up at the meetings, uh, make sure you're involved in knowing uh, what's happening in your communities. Yeah, and um, I know from, um, as, as you was mentioning, I know the billboard is for what you speak as saying to enter at your own risk and um and i mean that's just well that's where we at unfortunately but i guess one uh just one other question uh, i would i guess i would say what would you say to those who i guess are more sympathetic towards you know the the message of black lives matter but they're not radical they're like mm -hmm. they're not the marxists out there but mm -hmm. they do have genuine concern about police brutality and so what, what would you say to them as far as um, this, you know, this initiative about the police? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand some of the concern. And I think when what you see on, you know, through media and online, when you see um, case after case after case of what appears to be senseless deaths, I mean, Certainly, I would expect all of us to um, be compassionate and sympathetic and wonder, you know, what's happening. But I, I would urge you all to look further, look beyond the social media video that you saw, look beyond what the media is telling you. Um, in today's day and age, we have to we have to believe what they're not telling us what is saying. So I would urge you to look a bit further because um, the statistics on police brutality are actually uh, um, incredibly low. Um, and so the narrative that police officers are out there hunting down black people in the streets is, is simply not true. Um, there are uh, it's always a tragedy to lose a life. And um, I think we have seen some tragic cases, but um, there are choices made in those situations. And I think that we need to support law and order um, and know that. Um, if you break the law, there are consequences that come with that and how you respond in those situations does matter. It is important. You should not resist arrest. Um, and it is heartbreaking to see a life 
taken for uh, no reason. But I think to put the blame on our police officers um, is a grave mistake. Um, and that is not to say that there, sh there should not be a high level of training um, and de-escalation training and all sorts of things like that, which would I would then argue we need to give our police more funding. Let's um, let's help them do their jobs better. Um, and th there are a lot of um, other great organizations out there. You can find stats and statistics about this. PragerU has done some really awesome videos where they actually took Black Lives Matters activists and uh, asked them to do uh, of some police training and to go through a simulation. And after walking out of that simulation, they were like, wow, that was a lot more difficult than I thought. And I can see how, how this happens and you have to make a, a split second decision and um, lives are on the line. Uh, so it, it's, I would just urge everyone, um, if you're wondering uh, what needs to happen or sympathetic to the Black Lives Matter um, movement, I would look further than the social media posts. Do a little, do a little bit of research and um, look at look at it from another angle, and then see what you think. Well, all right. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. But before we finish, I mean, I would be remiss to not um, mention about the Sentinel program, which I am a part of. And so, if um, I guess, I guess tell people about the Sentinel program and uh, what you know what it is, and if they want to join. And also about Heritage Action, if they want to find out about um, Heritage Action for America, where would they go and all that? Yep, absolutely. Well, the Sentinel program is uh, what I like to call the grass tops of grassroots. Uh, people like Brian, who are incredibly informed, engaged, and trained, um, but you don't need to come to the table with any prior experience. Um, our purpose is to um, give you the information that you need to have a greater impact, uh, and sometimes that comes in the form of building a relationship with your member of Congress so you have um, more influence than you would just making a, a cold call to their office. Um, and a lot of that comes with time, uh, but we wanna help equip you to be more effective in holding Congress accountable. So we are, really are the frontline um, robust army that's holding Congress accountable. And we've been able to um, move the needle on a few things and stop some bad bills. So I, I'm really proud of the work that our Sentinels do. And um, so if you're interested in joining that, we host a weekly call as well where we brief some of these issues and you'll get uh, email updates that uh, include notes and stuff like that from that as well. So you can go to heritageaction.com backslash Sentinel to sign up, or you can text Sentinel to the same number I shared earlier, Sentinel to 51776, that's 51776. And again, you can text the word Sentinel, or you can text the word police to 51776 and uh, get signed up there. All right, Janae, thank you so much for your time. And we'll hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's Civics Education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our Educational Meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today.
What's going on, y'all? This is Brandon Tatum. Make sure you go to Trend Chat. Check it out. Listen to it. One of the best shows that I've ever been on. So make sure you go check it out, man. God bless y'all. We here at Trend Chat, we are proud to be part of the 1776 Militia. Check out 1776united.com. They have a wide array of clothing, hats, shirts, art, and more that is fiercely patriotic and stylish to match. Go to 1776united.com, and if you put in the code TRENDCHAT, you get 20% off your first purchase. Again, 1776united.com, put in the code TRENDCHAT for 20% off. All right, thanks to Janae for joining us, and also... One thing she mentioned as far as like when we talk about the city councils and so we just saw on Twitter, at least there was a story from the New York Times <laughs> uh, stating about the Minneapolis city council members that they're kind of regretting, at least some of them, uh, some of them are, are regretting their decision as far as defunding the police. I mean, I guess kind of like what I tweeted is that, well, I guess that's what happens when you lead with emotions and false narratives. So, so yeah, thanks to Janae for joining us and also consider joining the summer program and everything and go to heritageaction.com for all that. So, uh, as we get to the close here, but we definitely cannot forget about shouting out the locations. So, all right. <laughs> all right. Now, you know, before... <laughs> When I mentioned about having China on the list one time, where apparently someone in China was listening, um, so <laughs> um, I kind of had that same feeling. It's not China, but we got someone else on here, <laughs> another country. But let's get let's get to the city. So, um, so um, a lot of these are from India. So, <laughs> um, Dehradun, India, Fort Worth, Texas, Hyderabad, India, Hillsboro, Oregon, Kolkata. India, uh, Morrisville, North Carolina, Round Rock, Texas, Kansas City, Missouri, Lincoln, Nebraska, and at the top was Lucknow, India. I guess I'm saying that right, Lucknow. Now, so now we're getting to the uh, countries. So now in the countries, we have Australia, which is back on the list, and <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this one. Russia is on the list. <laughs> Someone in Russia is listening, so... Thanks, you know. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's kind of I was shocked to see that. We're kind of like seeing China on the list, but um, uh, also and number two is India, still holding strong in the new, number two position, um, and of course United States. But the number, the percentage in United States is like 45 percent listening in the United States, and then it's like thirty percent India, thirty. Uh, 20% Russia and then 4% Australia which uh, you know so yeah um, <laughs> uh, yeah that that was shocking to see <laughs> but um, anyway uh, before we go uh, kind of given that we record this on a Sunday morning we kind of saw some eh, I mean it's not breaking news or anything like that or but it is somewhat important because this person has a lot of influence so that's the reason why i'm going to mention it one of them but i'm going to pair the two together so i saw earlier i think earlier this week or last week Cindy mccain endorsed joe biden which is not surprising 
Um, if you know the history between um, her, you know, her husband, the late John McCain and, and Trump and all that, that's not really surprising. Um, but we also saw this morning on Sunday that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, formally endorsed Joe Biden and had like a little interview with him and Kamala Harris. And um, I'm mentioning those two in particular because of they both had a similar message and why they endorse Joe Biden. So it was all this talk about, you know, being uh, holding the office in with dignity and compassion and empathy and respect and kindness. All It, it was all those words in there um, that was in both of their statements and why they endorsing Joe Biden, which is basically just saying that, you know, Joe Biden is a, is nice and Trump is a mean guy, you know, and, and I say it like that because if you have that argument, it's a it's childish <laughs> to 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 make it seem like, oh, well, we're just going to look at how mean he is or what he says on Twitter and make that as the reason why you're voting for or against uh, the person. So. I mean, as long as he's nicer than Trump, it doesn't matter if he raises taxes, infringes on your rights, advocates for killing babies in the womb, you know, grow government, enable legal immigration, kind of stuff I mentioned earlier. Like, we don't care about none of that, just as long as he doesn't say mean things on Twitter and that dignified about it. I mean, these are, you know, especially in The Rock's interview with um, Biden and Harris, that they were talking about truth all the time. And we're, you know, these are the same people that go along with this false narrative about law enforcement, which we just talked about with Janae. Like they go along with these false narratives and these are the, the things that are fueling the fires that are going on with these riots across the country. I mean, people really got got their priorities screwed up when placed in personality over policy. I mean, I know the appeal, right, to people wanting someone i guess they say like you know someone you can have a beer with or someone you can have dinner with or whatever like that stuff someone that's relatable or whatever like that and i mean look i don't care about any of that will you do the job that's that's what i would ask the candidate whoever it is will you do the job will you protect our rights will you not advocate for killing babies will you not reward illegal immigrants with citizenship all right you we agree on all that okay all right, good. I'll vote for you. You know, I don't need no hug or anything or or have to feel all good inside. Just do your job. I'll never have to see you again. I don't care. Just do all of what I'm saying there. That's that's all I want. You know, we ain't got to be buddies. I don't care. <laughs> Just do your job. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Um, appreciate everyone listening. And um, from all o- over the globe, whether it's, you know, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska or wherever it is in Australia or India and Russia and <laughs> all of them. Thank you for listening and um, tell everyone about it. Trenchat247.com. We're also on Amazon Music now. Forgot to mention that. But yeah, we're on Amazon Music. So check us out. Like, share, subscribe. And until next time, we'll chat with you later. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Oh. 
or rehung. Enjoy a medium hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea.